Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Alright, church. Feel good? Good? Yeah. What did you do yesterday? Anyone do anything nice? Go on the beach. Beach, I went to the beach. Who else went to the Put your hands if you went to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else here Friday in Warrington. Yeah. yeah. So I went to Sunny Blackpool. Yeah. Went to me. I killed two birds with one stone. I went to see a mate in Blackpool and took me girls out. You what? I didn't, you know. I did have a dirty McDonald's though. I did. What did you wear? What did I have? We, we, we divided up in that family, so what I did was, one of my daughters got a Big Mac, and then I get chicken sandwich, and then a cheeseburger, and then we divided it up into shares. Yeah. Take me a seat. Is that on, is it? Oh, yes, yes. That's good. But do you know what? Do you know the reason why I... The reason why I took when is that I have daughters and sometimes life can get very, very busy and sometimes too busy and we have to prioritise. God has called me to be a husband and to be a dad to two girls. And that is my priority. And sometimes it's very easy to get other things out of sync. So what I did was I pressed the pause button and I went, come on girls. And do you know what? In all the years I've been to Blackpool, I've never visited Blackpool itself. I've just gone as a tourist to enjoy the fair, to enjoy the swimming and enjoy all the other stuff. But do you know what? Stanley Park, is absolutely beautiful to go to, so I recommend that you go. Um, now, I've got the lovely top. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I've got the lovely topic of talking about love your neighbour. Now, loving your neighbour is um, for, for me and Liz is the fundamental principle of why me and Liz are doing Eden. So we have moved into this neighbourhood of Alford. So we've moved from a nice comfortable house in Penketh to deliberately position ourselves in this community to purposely love on our neighbours. Now, the greatest challenge is, is it's very, very easy just to go into the motions. Now, I get grant money for doing what I do, so in actual fact, it's a job. And it's very easy just to tick the boxes in life. So this morning, what I want to do is really just unpack the heart of God, and actually get you to think about just loving your neighbours. Why do I have to do that? What does the Bible say about that? And also, have I got time in my life to do that? And just to challenge your own understanding and the positioning of your heart this morning, because that's what the Word of God does. It sharpens us, it equips us, 
but it shows us the character of Christ. And remember, the greatest gift is love. That's always where the Lord works from. Um, oh, I've got the tech team in today. Um, can you throw up for us, um, Matthew, is the first slide. Right, brilliant. Now, I'm going to do two main scriptures, right? The, the essence of the scripture is on the parable of the Good Samaritan. But before we get into that, I want to see one of the things with scripture, it says where there are two or three witnesses. Now, the good thing is with the word of God, it is often more than one time in the scripture. So I'm going to bring in a couple of scriptures, but it's, they're exactly the same context, but it shows the heart of God. Uh, so the first one is uh, the great commandment. Um, and and this, this story is, you know, Jesus, Jesus was given questions the majority of the time to slip him up. He wasn't necessarily given questions to encourage him. Yeah, there were people who were all about him, people of renown, people who were very clever. And sometimes you may find that in your workplace. I know when I worked particularly in, the, in different, many different sectors, people would often give me things to try and trip me up, never to encourage me. Often they wanted me to fail. They wanted to see my weakness and not the strength of Christ in me. Um, so this morning, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Remember, the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now it's amazing because really we can just preach that and go home. Because the reality is, if you are in a living, living relationship with God, and you understand his heart, and you understand his love, love will come, be given to you, and you work like a channel, and it will come out through you. And it's something that has to happen through relationship. Unless I spend time with my wife, I've been married 28 years now, or come out 27, coming up 28, yeah, long time. But unless I invest in my wife, and investment means spending time with her, still getting to know her, yeah, showing her I love her, showing I care for her, unless I spend that intimate time with her, I will grow cold. And that's the same with our relationship with Jesus. Jesus is always ever present. It says he is always at our side. And the thing is, this morning, the challenge is, if he is always at our side, do we always talk with him? Do we always ask him? Because I tell you what, this morning, he's still here. He's still with me. Just because I'm talking, I still feel his presence. And this morning, it's the same with, do I need to get sharper? Of course I do. 
I'm not speaking here as one with a voice that is all-knowing and all-doing. I am equal to all you. I have sin. I have issues. I still need Jesus to do things in me. I'm not a polished example, but I do know who he is to me. He's my Lord. He's my Saviour. He's ever-present. And, and this morning is to try and get you to position yourselves where you're looking at your own relationship with God. Because I will tell you, you cannot love your neighbour yeah, as yourself if you do not know the love of God. Because it will just become works. And it's very clear in the Bible that works, doing, doing good, you can, we know no do-gooders, and it's a lovely skill to be served to be doing good, but it's not a ticket into the kingdom of God. Yeah, Jesus is the only way to the Father. So you need to make sure that when you're, when, you're, when you're in that relationship and you're doing stuff, that you do it with Jesus. Because I find in my own life is that part of my job now is, I guess I'm a professional Christian. Yeah, I can do things. But if I start doing it as a tick box and just start talking to people and rolling off my tongue, nice good verses, nice good things, it's just going to go, it's not going to work, yeah? And also I'm going to start to get distant, I'm going to start to get cold. So this morning is just, just think about your relationship with Jesus this morning, where you are, what you are. Listen, there's no condemnation, okay? No guilt, because sometimes we can get that conviction. Do you, know, do you know one of the most powerful things of Jesus is that when Jesus convicts us, sometimes of our lifestyle choice, it's unto to something good. The Lord never makes us guilty and heavy, yeah, and goes, oh, there you are, toss you out for three days, make you suffer. That's not the heart of God. He always reveals sometimes sin and issues in our life that he may restore, may uplift, and may give of the abundance of who he is. Um, all right, yeah, that was a, this was a cliche that whoever, who, who did the writing of the, Nick, Nick did the series. Nick runs the Cinnamon Brow series. A lovely quote, love is not just a feeling, love is a verb. Yeah, it's an action word. Uh, when, when you read the dictionary, it, it doesn't refer it to a, a verb, it refers it to a noun. But from a kingdom of God point of view, in the Bible, love is displayed. The greatest example we have of that is that Jesus died on a cross for, her, for us. It says, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it was a demonstration, yeah? And again, getting back, you cannot love your neighbours as yourself unless Christ is invested into you. So I'm going to keep repeating that. One of the hardest things I found is that when I worked in prison, I worked with guys who had sometimes taken life, done very, very, what society would seem as terrible things. But one of the greatest things I bore witness to was that if you have done something horrendous in your life, you find it very difficult to love yourself. Yeah, so when the Bible talks about 
love others as yourself. If you cannot love yourself this morning, yeah, because of different things, traumas, different experiences, I will tell you this morning that, that Christ can come in to some of that unloving nature. Yeah, and it was very hard to sit sometimes in front of me saying, lad, say, Mark, I, I get what you're saying, but I can't. I can't get past it. And I know, I, I know you can't get past it. But I'm trying to introduce you to a saviour called Jesus Christ who can. If he is the God who made your living soul with his bare hands, do you not think that he is more than capable of outworking your problems in your life, however deep they are. I tell you, he is this morning. And for many of them, lads, that I journeyed through working in prison, for many of them, it was a process of time. Sometimes it was miraculous, like a miracle transformation. For many of us, it's a journey. Yeah? And this morning, I would say, if you're in that process of trying to understand the love of God, that intimacy to yourself, is make sure as you're going through this journey is you allow God to do it. And sometimes it is a process. Don't Listen, there's a, there's a voice that comes into our heads and it's not godly. The voice gives despair. It gives criticism. You call yourself a Christian. Look where you are. Or it's the voice that whispers in the ear is, look, you're still dirty, you're still messy, but not every voice that comes towards us is the voice of God. And this morning, just a quick one, it's a bit of a deviation. If you want to understand the voice of God to your own heart and mind, what does God speak of? Love, grace, patience, kindness, mercy, the fruits of the Spirit of God. Yeah? What does the devil speak? Fear. You've got fear in your life, it's not from God. Yeah? Despair, condemnation, guilt, not conviction, guilt. Yeah? Heavy heart, sadness, sorrow. They're all things that are in the devil's camp. And, and it's sometimes being mindful. We are, our mind is the battlefield. And sometimes we get things coming in. Right, next slide, thanks. Right, the reason this came to me when I was uh, preparing um, and it, it was a bit at the end afterwards but I'm just going to read it um, and it just says, I, I titled it, Ask God and he will, he will Answer and it links into the scripture we just read. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's what I've been talking about. Ask him and he will do. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, through, though you are evil, know how to, good give, good, sorry, how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others that you would have them do to you, like loving your neighbour. For the sums of the law 
for this sums up the law and the prophets. Yeah, if we go back to the last bit, it's fulfilling the Old Testament. So all the laws of God become a sum of. So the first scripture we read, love your Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbour as yourself, equals the sum of. And so does this. So it's very simple. The gospel is more simple than we often give account for. So it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, ask him. And that's the gist of our Christian faith. It's actually not that difficult. Yeah, it's intimacy. Unless I ask my wife, unless I phone out Liz, Liz, um, I'm going to be out tonight. Can you put the tea on for me, please? I won't be able to do it for time's sake. Unless I ask, can she not help me? And it's the same in our relationship with the Lord. He will help you. And again, I put that as a bullet point. I can't love people because I'm so hurt and so scared. Yeah, it reflects on what I was speaking on before. I've got them little pointers for me because otherwise I just go off on tangents. <laughs> one, of, one of the things is, is that it is the greatest barrier, is sin. Sin in us is the greatest barrier. Yeah. Now for those who accept Christ to us, yeah. so Jesus, come and live within me, forgive me my sins, and I invite you into me. We have that freedom. We have that covering. So even though we can make mistakes, and the Lord does say, don't keep making them, come and get it right with him, is the reason why I pray every day is because I realise I make mistakes every day. So I simply just, Lord, here I am, help me. Let me know who you are. Let me walk with you. Let me know your plans and purposes. And in that simplicity, I find he actually comes and believe it or not, he doesn't always give me what I want. <laughs> he gives me what I need. Yeah. But because he's an abundant God, I also have known the overflow of the Spirit of God into mine and Liz's life, where he has met, he has given me things. I had a dream as a kid, just deviate, just having a dream as a kid when I was probably in my eight. And I remember, Lord, I just said, Lord, if you're true and you're God, give me a car that has wiper blades on my, on my lights. And the second car I ever had in my life was a Volvo. And all the Volvo come with them trimmings and it had lights. But did you know what? God, and I've been a Christian then. Uh, in fact, I've been a Christian probably about a year. And the Lord said to me, he said, Mark, do you remember when you prayed that? And it brought to my understanding. Yes, I remember. I have answered what you asked for. And all, the, all them plans, all them dreams, all them purposes that God has embedded into your mind and into your soul, he will fulfil them because God is never void. That was just a bit of a side thing. Can we, there's a video on there, um, a two-minute video. Can we just play the two-minute video? Please? If somebody were to ask you, what is the most important thing to do with your life? What is the single most important thing to do with your life? Would you know how to answer? Some of you say, well, probably um, love God. And of course, you would be right. That is the first, God made you to know him. You weren't put on this earth just to mark things off your to-do list. 
You were put on this planet to be loved by God and to learn to love him back to get you ready for eternity. But if somebody asks you, do you know the second most important thing you're supposed to do with your life while you're here on earth, would you know the answer to that? What is the second most important thing I'm supposed to do with my time while I'm here on this planet? Now this question was asked by Jesus uh, several times. One of them is in Matthew chapter uh, 22 where a, a, a religious teacher came up to Jesus and asked this question. Here on the screen, the Bible says this in Matthew 22. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In other words, what's the most important thing to get out of this book? If I, if I only get one thing out of this Bible, what, what's, what's the most important thing? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So the number one thing I'm supposed to do every day is get to know God a little bit better, learn to love him a little bit more because he's the one who made me. Then he says, and the second, the second most important thing you're supposed to do with your life, he says, it's like it. This is the second thing. Second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. He says, okay, I could summarize the entire Bible for you in two sentences. I can give you cliff notes on the Bible. I can summarize what you're supposed to do with your entire life in two sentences. This is not something minor, this is the most important thing. Number one, love God, and number two, learn to love other people as yourself. Life is all about love. It's not about accomplishments, it's not about being famous, it's not about achievements, it's not about acquisitions. Jesus sums up the two most important things in what's called the great commandment. The great commandment has two parts, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, the reason, I mean, I, I love him as a teacher. Look at some of his materials, he's, he's a great communicator. Um, the reason why I've put that up is just to reiterate, sometimes it's good to hear it from another witness. Yeah, it's just not Mark Lockwood talking, and it's good to hear. And he's a great guy, I'd encourage you to, to jump online and, and look at some of his materials. He's, uh, it's, it's, you know, some people have them accents, don't they, and, and that smoothness. Um, can we move on, please, to the next slide? Next slide. I sound like a teacher, though, don't I? Um, Simon, can I do you? I'm going to put you on the spot, my friend. Can you, can you jump out the front a minute? Yeah. I was, I was going to pre-plan him, but I'm going to get this guy to... Read the scripture. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I didn't follow me. <laughs> um, so this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have, correct, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. 
But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him off his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the, on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Excellent. Uh, listen, I really put Simon on the spot then, okay? Because he wasn't prepared. But the reason why I asked Simon is because I know his heart and I love that Irish voice. Yeah. But he is, he, he lives what he communicates. So it comes from the heart. Um, can we just go back on one of the slides to the first bit? Is that possible? Yeah. Um, now, if you remember from the first scripture we put up in Matthew's Gospel, we're now in Luke's Gospel, and it talks there again, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah, and it goes through exactly the same scripture. Yeah, different context, same scripture. And then again, yeah, is, is somebody literally asking him what is written in the Lord? He's being tested again. All right, and he gives. Now, one of the things with Jesus, he was very good at using stories and parables. You've got to remember the context of that time is most of the population. The Jews actually as a race were quite good, quite educated for those that particularly went and learned the law. But for many of them, they were simple farmers. Yeah, they probably would have studied up until the age of 12 because there was no such thing as teenagers. You're an adult after 12. So the context is that he always taught them in stories and they were often stories associated with labouring in the field with things in their working environment that they would understand. So, so he would talk about the kingdom of God and an understanding to their mind that they're used to. Um, the difference is, roll on 2,000 years, and hardly any of us are farmers in this room. Okay, So sometimes we need to understand when we're reading the Bible why it is the way it is. Uh, but again, the whole point of the scripture is, Jesus says, do this and you will live. He's asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus tells him, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbour as yourself, you will do this, you will live. You will live. He's talking about eternal life. He's not talking about just living in this world. He's talking about heaven being your goal. 
Um, again, so simple. This morning, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, yours is the kingdom of God. If you love your neighbour as yourself, this morning yours is the kingdom of God. Not just now, but for eternity. Don't let go of that promise. We, are, we live out an earthly life, but our purpose is heaven-bound. Yeah, We are made to be eternal by a living God. Sin stops us. The fall, Adam, the story, creation. But we are... Never forget where we're going. And any voice that tells you contrary to where you go is a lie. The promise to Jesus. Look, that's the scripture. Sometimes with the word of God, we put it up in our house sometimes to speak life, remembrance. I also sometimes, especially if I'm under what I say is spiritual warfare, where I feel low with no understanding of the reason why. Not because I'm feeling loud, but I'm feeling oppressed in my soul. I proclaim with my mouth the goodness of God. Um, can we move on to the next slide, please? And the next one after that. <laughs> right. I'm not going to go, because for time's sake, I'm not going to go too much. But the reason why Jesus showed the story of the Good Samaritan is because it contradicts sometimes is opposite to the way we think. We think that in order to gain God's love, the Pharisees and all the elite of society believed and got misunderstood and it was through performance, through certain ways, through certain rituals, through certain things. And then Jesus comes and he goes that very simplistic, love the Lord your God. Yeah, love your neighbour as yourself. And the point is with that Samaritan story is the very people that should have helped him, the Levi, you know, Levi come from the tribe, that they're, they're groomed in that way, they're made, they're purposed to be, to go into priesthood. So they should have been good. The priests certainly should. And also we have to be careful. Put yourself in, in his shoes. How many times honestly have we walked on past people who we knew we could do something about. I know I have. Too busy. Can't do it. Um, and, and sometimes it's just that, it's just that seeing, seeing what's around us. Not always running. Do you know what I find is that when God shows me something and I step into it, he meets all my needs. It's by faith. It doesn't come by program. He doesn't get a script out. He, doesn't, he just... He just positions me and then I find I do it. Um, the guy who stepped up was, was a Samaritan. It, it, it was actually the, the, the opposite in that sense, you know. And the whole thing with a, with a Samaritan, he's probably the least person that would have come out. He had every reason not to, just from that society, from that cultural element. I guess if you would think about it in a modern culture, um, you, we, we, we have people who come from Islamic faith, yeah? And you look at the, the, the news and the connotations, is so negative, yeah? But if you could think of a Muslim lad being beaten and then his imam walking past him and then it's actually a Christian that comes and rescues him or the other way around, yeah? 
It's, so what, what the Lord's saying, and it's a challenge to us all, is how we, we are in our own hearts. So, I'm not going to do, there was a practical video, which I'm not going to do, because I can't load it up. And I love the way the Lord works. But also, I'm very conscious for, for time's sake. Can you just roll on to the next slide, please? Right. I'm just going to share very briefly about, and it is very brief, because I want to give some time this morning to, to examine our own hearts. I want Dave and Alicia, they're in the room, I want them to come up. Because one of the things this morning is, I don't know where you're all at. Um, it says, no man knows the spirit of another man other than the spirit of God. So only God knows your true intimacy of your heart. So this morning, it's just that opportunity to respond this morning and look at your own heart in relation to where you are with God. Yeah? Do you want to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbours as yourself? Yeah, and if you want that intimacy, it's drawing in. But before they start, <laughs> um, I just want to touch on a couple of stories of loving your neighbour. Because for me, I live in a church, and it's very hard to love my neighbours when you're in the church. So we're very purposeful about positioning ourselves and going out into the community. And I do that by making excuses. I, I litter. So I pick up litter in my area and I get to know my street. And my street have blessed me with pick up. They go and buy me things to pick litter up. They come out, engage with me. And through that relationship, it's enabled me to pray for those that are sick, minister to those that are poor in spirit. And through that simplistic task, it's enabled me to love my neighbours as myself. Yeah? And sometimes the challenge can be is that when you know they're in need, yeah. I've used my plumbing skill uh, back at my home in Penketh to go and help people. And I still use it as my Eden role. It's the only thing I do for my plumbing at the moment. I park the secular stuff up and I will get my hands dirty sometimes. So I was fixing last week somebody's shower, um, a screen. Uh, believe me, it was a nightmare of a job and I didn't want to touch it because it's one of those ones that make, becomes worse when you touch it. But it was just to show that kindness. And this morning is the challenge to you guys. Yeah? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And then love your neighbours as yourself. It's a gift. God this morning wants to impart that gift of love afresh into you that you may love others. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.